Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. Son of a bitch. here on Facebook and on your favorite podcast platforms. I will say it again. I am not going to mention them anymore. Uh, wherever you listen to podcasts is where you can find us. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at Pod. You can find us on Twitter at Pod. Obviously here on the Facebook page. Thank you for joining us on Facebook Live. He's Corey Walsh. And he's Dan Griffin. And we are here to talk about Corey's xenophobia and how he needs to divorce himself from God Tulsi Gabbard. damn it. <laughs> no, there's there's no there's no divorcee, no divorcee here. This What's stuff. funny is when when Corey and I first got on camera here and we were talking, we were doing our show prep, I noticed his Tulsi poster was gone. And I thought he had actually removed it, but no. it turns out it actually fell from the wall, which is actually quite fitting considering the trouble it's that Tulsi Gabbard got herself into on Tucker Carlson it's a uh, trouble, this past though? week. I, I think so. Trouble. She lost some of her left followers. I think I think I think she's in a little bit of trouble because Corey, she defended the one thing about pulling out of Afghanistan that shouldn't have been defended, which was that final drone strike. Kind of let I don't they know. Go to the civilians. Clip. Go to the clip. She said there needs to be accountability. She said there needs Hang to be on. accountability for that. That's what she said. It. Okay. All right. Well, we'll let you be the judge. Here she is on Tucker thinks about this. She's a former member of Congress from Hawaii. She served in Iraq as a member of the Hawaii Army National Guard. She's still serving the country in the military. She joins us tonight. Congressman, thanks so much for coming on. So you thanks, get Congress. to lie. I mean, this will not shock you because you've seen it so much, but you get to lie about the loss of human life. You get caught and nothing happens to you. What kind of system is that? I mean, this kind of accountability is critical. I, I want to point out first that Anytime there are civilian casualties in war, it is tragic and terrible. Yeah. War is a terrible thing. And, and I think it's important for the American people to understand that Islamist jihadists are continuing to wage war against us. And the Islamist ideology, not the same as the religion of Islam, but this Islamist ideology, which is a political ideology that inspired the terrorist attacks on our country on 9-11, uh, is is the greatest threat that we're facing right now in this country and the world. It is the foundation of governance of so-called Islamic countries like Turkey and Iran and uh, Saudi Arabia and, and Pakistan. Uh, and it's what's behind the discriminatory policies that they have in these countries against Christians, uh, Hindus, Buddhists, atheists, and others. So as long as these Islamist jihadists are waging war against us, we have to work to defeat them militarily and ideologically. And militarily, we have two choices in how we do that. Number one, we can continue to invade and occupy and nation-build in countries around the world, just as we did in Afghanistan, at great cost. Number two, we can take a targeted approach using airstrikes, using our special forces to go in and go after these terrorist cells. The reality is that the cost the cost to the American people, the cost to our troops, the cost to civilians will be far less if we take this very targeted approach to go after these jihadist terrorist cells 
than if we continue making the very same mistakes that we saw in Afghanistan and other parts of the world of invasion, occupation, and nation building. All right. So now, wait a minute. Before you start, before you start, okay. let me let me okay. po- let me point a couple of things out to you. How in the hell did that not sound like a more articulate female version of, of George W. Bush from two thousand two? Yeah, how I'm not in defending the world? Her on that. I know she. Uh, maybe she just got back from her one of her uh, one of her tours. She's probably just all amped up. No, I'm, I'm not going to defend her on that. <laughs> I'm not going to defend her on that. It sounded a little neocon It did. It sounded a little bit different from what she was saying when she was running for president. She, uh, But what I'm not going to bite on is the uh, xenophobia that they're trying to say she hates Muslims all of a sudden. She made it pretty clear in that video when she separated the Islamic extremist ideology, which for some reason is a taboo word, when it's no different than... Christian extremist ideology, Hindu extremist ideology. There's examples of all the different religions where there's extremists that do these things, and it's important that we separate these extremist attitudes from the actual religions that are that billions of people around the world practice. When it comes to the drone strike, she did say that Joe Biden should be that's or not Joe Biden personally, but someone should be held accountable for the civilians dying. And she went on to explain that the drone strikes uh, less Americans die in the drone strikes than uh, they do in nation building and occupying. I personally do not think that drones, and I would I would disagree with her. You know, I've met her a couple times at this point. If I was with her, I would say I disagree. We need to almost take a isolationist approach because what's happening now in these countries are things that have happened over years and decades and decades of us meddling in other countries we touched base on that with haiti last year or uh, last episode uh afghanistan same shit we were there putting in puppet governments iran we tried to put in a puppet government uh where else we did all in the southern american south american states we've done it we've done it in where is that there's there's so many to count dan that we have done this so many times that we're actually basically the authors of this Islamic extremis- extremism. And unfortunately, the chickens come home to roost. And it comes to this point where we do have to kind of defend ourselves. But let's defend ourselves on our home borders. Let's not continue to continually meddle over there and follow people with drones thinking that we're following the right guy because time and time again, under Republicans and Democrats, we have seen innocent people die. I'm glad you brought up the, uh, because this was going to be my point, which was uh, completely neglecting, and this is a very neocon thing to do, which is completely neglecting our role in why these people hate us. And unfortunately, when you only get two minutes on a national segment, you can't really go into that and unpack all of that. So I think it's easy to portray someone with like a hot little tippet, a uh, hot little tidbit message of it. Like I was listening to a breaking point today, and when Crystal was talking about it, and it, it did, it broke my heart. I love Tulsi. <laughs> and I was just sitting there, and it was just like, and ah! you also love, and you also love Crystal Ball, right? Yeah, I mean, we love. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Crystal, I like Sagar, and like when I was listening to that, I was just like, ah. Because it was, it did, it definitely sounded neocon war hawkish. But I don't know if it's coming from that place that people are trying to paint her. Because if you remember, this is the same girl they tried to paint as a Russian asset, a stooge, 
a useful idiot. So this is nothing new when it comes to Tulsi Gabbard. This is a girl who spoke the same message like this, or similar to this, for the past entire career of hers in politics, which was short-lived because she kind of got ousted by the Democrats. And now, I think that sometimes it's more aggressive talking. I think that that might be more political. I think that she's like purposely, this is me talking, not her, you know, not me talking to her about this. Uh, and I don't know her, know her. <laughs> it's not like, it's not like I'm in cahoots with her about anything, but, uh, I think, I think that she's honestly trying to get pushed out of the democratic party. I think that here's, she- here's the issue then. If if she but this is this is the problem I have with everything she said on Tucker Carlson and and again we're gonna I'm gonna I'm like you I'm gonna take it with a grain of salt because we all know that when it comes to being on a cable news segment you don't really get to articulate yourself that well you're on there for a couple minutes if you're lucky but Tulsi has always been pretty good at historically even on these short segments really getting across her ideology and who she is. And I feel like she, if if that's what she just did, and the, the in the on these few segments because we didn't even get into the other one. She also talked about the border. She was on Tucker a couple times last week, and I'm not one of those people that goes, "Well, why was she on Tucker Carlson? Why the hell would she go talk to a, a you know a Republican like that?" And to your point, Corey, if she is if she is trying to get pushed away from the Democratic Party, to me that is that is so discouraging. Like that yeah. that actually upsets me a lot because. I have, I, I consider, I, I don't, I think I've probably gone back and forth 16 times on this show about where I actually stand politically because I honestly think it's fluid and it changes day to day. But if, <laughs> right, sitting here right near, right here right now on uh, September 28th, uh, 2021, I would say that I would call myself a, a leftist with libertarian beliefs and I feel like Tulsi was the uh, candidate that spoke to me the most, but to sit here and see her time and time again throughout a week on Tucker Carlson, essentially sounding like a Republican, not just a Republican, but an establishment Republican. Yeah. Like that, that really, that, that upsets me a lot. It would be like, it, it would be like if Bernie Sanders you know, and I've got my issues with with the way he's handled himself uh, following getting ousted in 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 the last two elections. But that would be like Bernie Sanders just giving up and just becoming a, an establishment Democrat. Like he did. That, that would be so like fucking did. discouraging. He, he doesn't identify <laughs> that way, but yes, he has yeah. been cucked. No, it I is. It it is. It's discouraging. It hurts a little bit, and it uh, it. I guess it's a purity test thing. Uh, you know, like. I, I come up like we all come off really strong as like we think it should be like this, it should be like this, it should be like this. And I guess where are the compromises and where do we compromise on certain things certain people say? Like this one hurt. I don't like I don't agree with this at all. I can still disagree with this, but still agree with most of her message. But I'm gonna call the balls and strikes. I don't think like it did. It, like it sounded very war hawkishy. Are you gonna be on the lookout for more of this though? Yeah. And yeah, if you if see sudden, more of this, then how will you feel? Then <sighs> <laughs> that poster might have to come down, huh? You saw me look at it. <laughs> God, that would hurt so bad. Because yeah, no, she spoke such a message of peace and unity and for the working man and stuff. And like, I don't, I don't understand personally what's going on right now. Is she tainted 
by the Democratic Party. Like, they've definitely did their damnedest to get her out. Is she pissed because of what she's seeing? I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going on inside of her head. I'm hoping that... Like, I don't know. She... uh, I don't know, Dan. I don't know. I'm not ready to throw in the towel on her by one gaffe talking about this. But it definitely is something that's like, what you doing? When Corey starts thinking about this, we're going to get off this episode. Corey's going to be in the corner in the fetal position, sucking on his thumb, trying to figure out what to do. Wearing my whole, <laughs> it's clutching my Tulsi shirt that says 2020. <laughs> not you too, Tulsi, not you too. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 where I think I'm... <laughs> Am I going through the 12 stages of grief right now live on the show? <laughs> denial? <laughs> Am I in the denial, denial. stage? <laughs> All right, yeah. We'll have, to re- we'll have to revisit this next week. Corey's going to be going over obsessively like footage of Tulsi. I'm going to be watching all of it. I know you heard me. I was reading the transcript. I'm like, well, look, she said the word that he needs that they need to be held accountable for that drone strike. (laughs) Like words are words. That's important. Well, and you know what, Corey, that was one of the things, too, that was like, you know, uh, uh, the, the whole drone strike thing. It's like. This whole targeted drone strike nonsense. We we know that that's nonsense. We know that that doesn't work because that, that's something that we've As also been doing. As evidenced by what, two weeks ago? What was that, three weeks yeah, but, ago? But not even just that. I mean, the, the numbers are available. You can go look them up. Please get them from a credible source uh, and not from, you know, Ben Shapiro or, or somebody. Uh, but the amount of civilians that are killed, even in targeted drone strikes, like when we're bombing... Muslim weddings? Do you really think we're not killing civilians? It's all for freedom there, boy. It's all for... (laughs) They don't deserve to get married anyway. (laughs) If you ain't married by Christ, you ain't really married. Damn straight. (laughs) It's the sanctity of marriage. If two men could get married, that means I could just marry my dog. (laughs) Uh, My goat. Oh, well, now that we, we hopped in immediately, Dan's throwing knives at me. Yeah, what are you drinking? <laughs> How are so, you dealing with this grief of Tulsi Gabbard becoming an establishment Republican? I know, I'm still in denial. <laughs> so I'm drinking more. <laughs> so I am I, drinking. We can revisit. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe I, this was just a. Maybe she just had a bad day. Who knows? Ignorantly optimistic over here, Dan. I really hope it's so. <laughs> um, so I, I remember this time, I actually brought the bottle with me. Open it up today. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't open it up today. It's God, I gone. hope not. It's half gone for the people listening. They can't see the live stream. After the day you had with Tulsi, you, I, I can imagine you drinking that much whiskey. So I'm, I'm drinking uh, this Texas. It's called Texas Straight Bourbon Whiskey. It's from the Firestone and Robertson Distilling Company. It's made in Texas. And so there's a little description on the back. And I'm actually going to try to read it in a Texas accent. You ready? All right. All right, all right, all right. Born from pure passion and patience, we are extremely proud to share our distinctly Texas straight bourbon with you. We also hate abortion. (laughs) Using locally farmed corn and wheat and one-of-a-kind yeast, we captured and skillfully cultivated the provenance of this bourbon whiskey is its in this province. Fuck. Uh, using locally farmed corn and wheat and one of a kind yeast, we captured the, and skillfully cultivated the prov- the provenance of this bourbon. That's whiskey. enough. Put down the mic. <laughs> this bourbon whiskey is its reward. It is remarkably smooth and exudes unique flavors of dark fruit, sweet spice, and caramel, caramel or caramel, whatever you prefer. It doesn't say that. I just said it. We hope you enjoy it as much as we do. Well, I'm enjoying it. 
in this that's Corey moment Walsh of mourning. Urging, that's Corey Walsh urging you not to get an abortion. Yeah, abortion. Because I'll sue your ass. <laughs> Straight from Michigan. Did you see that I want shit? that 10 grand. Did you see that shit? There's a guy from that like, out, out of staters, Out of staters are using it? Yeah. <laughs> There's people in Texas that are like, this isn't how this is supposed to work. <laughs> like, what did they say it was? They said it was a... Uh, that it was like an insult to the, the the rule of law or something like that. <laughs> Just never mind creating a fascist state by having neighbors spy on neighbors. People mocking s- it is is a mockery of the law. Meanwhile, meanwhile, circumventing Roe v. Wade. Good job. <laughs> How do we circumvent Roe v. Wade? I know. Let's get everyone to fucking spy on each other. Cut up vigilantes, baby. Vigilante law. That's that's Republicans for you. Cut out that overhead. No needless spending. <laughs> Half the citizens do it to themselves. And what is this Salem's opinion on that? Oh God. <laughs> no, she's for women's rights, actually. But now people are gonna so. start hammering her for that because she thinks she she said that abortion should be safe. Uh, what she say? Safe, legal, and rare. I think is what safe, she said. Safe, legal, and rare. Yeah, that's yeah. That's a Hillary Clinton trope right there god damn it Tulsi <laughs> <laughs> Corey I am drinking a nice double oaked Woodford Reserve has always been one of my go to bourbons it's a good bourbon that's why I had not tried their double oaked so I picked up a bottle of that and uh, didn't realize it was 90 proof which is a little stronger than normal so I'm going to be careful this evening uh, about that smoky and smooth smoky and smooth it's it's uh, it's it's it tastes like Woodford Reserve with just a little bit of that extra charred smoke that you would expect from a double oaked bourbon. Real simple. In fact, I'm going to pour myself a little bit more and I'm going to be really hammered. <laughs> you just said you were trying to be careful. <laughs> For, forget all that. I'm going to wake up with a headache tomorrow. Go to the tapes. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to say something I regret. <laughs> like Tulsi. Or Joe Biden. When is Joe Biden going to release fat. a... Come on, fat! When is Joe... I got Shut a up. hair on my legs! Shut up, man. I got a hair on my legs! Shut up, man. <laughs> my my good buddy, Corn Pop. What, do you want to do a push-up contest? <laughs> I'd like to take you back up behind the tool shed. <laughs> God, when is he accidentally going to drop a racial slur? It's got to come. It's got to come at some point. We got to uh, just make a bunch of sound bites of Biden to compliment all the Trump sound bites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the Jimmy Dore show, whenever they do that voice impersonated, I forget his name, but whenever he calls in, he always Joe goes, Biden, it's- hey, Joe Biden, how are you? Would you shut up, man? <laughs> Come on, fat. Hey, Joe, this is Jimmy Dore. <laughs> <laughs> you shut up, man. Oh God! Where do we want to move to next? You have we're, we're gonna we're gonna feed this into red pill blue pill, but Corey has done a deep dive because he was trying to avoid the news on Tulsi Gabbard. He, <laughs> he, did a, he did a deep dive into the Steele dossier and Maricopa County. And here's the thing: these are both conspiracy theories that are from the left and the right that are both utter bullshit, and we know it now. So. Here's proof that conspiracy theories don't just come from Trump supporters. 
Did oh, he yeah. say it? He said it. He said it. He said it. He said it and he meant it. I'm going to hell. So the uh the Steel dossier, the uh the twenty six page indictment <laughs> from Michael Sussman. So you know Michael Sussman was her campaign lawyer. Well, Mr. Sussman just got indicted for lying to the FBI about the whole Steele dossier. The whole little scandal that's been going on for years when they kept saying that Russia was colluding with Trump to win the election. And they did it to try to delegitimize Nick uh, Trump's campaign. And it was a Nixonian fucking trick. And it was just this thing where they just constantly were just trying to say, well, he's, he's with the Russians, you know, like they're trying to trigger this investigation. So, uh, what's his name? John Durham is actually the, the special, uh, special counsel dot John Durham. He's the one who was actually appointed by Trump and Biden actually kept him for all of you people who like, like, uh, Trump and hate Biden. Just another, another, data point that shows that they're actually one and the same like we were talking about in the biden bash episode but uh yeah apparently it was just a claim that wasn't real uh uh what was his name was it john Steele? i think his, last, his first name was john i know the last name was Steele. uh he was this british spy they made up this whole steel dossier and then they used the Steele dossier to go to the FBI and lied to tell the FBI this was happening. Created the whole uh, Russia special investigation with, um, oh fuck, what was his name? I can't, Mueller, the Mueller report. It created the whole Mueller report. Just wasted millions of American dollars based on nothing, Dan. Christopher Steele, by the way, Corey. Chris Steele. Christopher Steele. Christopher. Steel. I don't know if that's how you actually say it, but yeah, like he, uh, it was like they they went through this whole Alpha Bank thing. Uh, I just had it written down and I lost it. This happens every single goddamn time. Every goddamn every time. goddamn time. So the Alpha Bank allegation, yeah. So the Alpha Bank was supposed to be the Russian bank, right? That was working with Trump, and yeah, it was just. It was a lie made up that ended up with Clinton's uh, lawyer that is now being <laughs> indicted. And it just goes to show you, man, that like this shit, just this, the propaganda and the way the politicians and the media and they do their inner workings and they work together. It's just like Trump was right. It, it it's easier for me to say that than it is to knock on Tulsi at this point in, yeah, in, in yeah, this the, structure. But the whole witch hunt thing, yeah. It, which which that's the thing is like Democrats have this idea that only, and I'm not talking about the politicians. I'm talking about like the establishment Democrats that like, or I should I should say the people that vote for the establishment Democrats and just go with whatever they want to do. They have this idea that only. QAnon and Trump supporters can come up with these ridiculous conspiracy theories when in reality, the Steele dossier was a way to get around the butthurt 
that the Hillary Clinton campaign had because they fucking lost. They lost because she ran a shit campaign. Like, let's actually, I mean, I've known this from the beginning, but let's let's take a look at what her campaign was almost six years later now. What was her campaign, Corey Walsh? It's very, very simple. Platitudes and identity D- of politics. Donald Trump is a bad half human. the country. They call, he called anyone who was going to vote for Trump a basket of deplorables. Which I'll is reminiscent, it even more. Which is reminiscent. Trump and, his, Trump and his supporters are bad people, and I'm a woman. That was her entire fucking campaign. That was it. Mm-hmm. Never mind the fact that, you know, she's a war criminal. And she's completely unlikable, and she is an uh, an awful establishment Democrat. Forget all of that. Forget the fact that she is part of this this machine, this this system that has completely destroyed all uh, ability for Americans to trust government at all. Just forget I, forget that part, did, right? Did you read my monologue? Is that what you're doing right now? Did I send it to you on accident? Because like I no, but whole... I should shut up now. <laughs> shut up, man! Shut up, fat! <laughs> <laughs> I got a hair on my legs. Oh, but god damn, yeah, no, it's uh, like it 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 really was. It was it was all made up. It was it's literally like reminiscent. Uh, oh, so first I was going to say uh, her calling Trump supporters a basket of deplor- deplorables was reminiscent of Mitt Romney when he was at that big speech saying he only needed 49% that he wasn't going to get the poor vote, so it didn't matter. But uh, yeah, they 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 planned to tie this as a means of distracting the public from her use of a private email server. Remember when old uh, Julian Assange, which is a good tie into what we're about to talk about next. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, the allegations, they fell apart as soon as they were fed to the FBI, or the FBI, Sussman was like, telling them like, oh no, I'm not doing this for anyone, I just want to let you guys know as like a concerned citizen, in a sense. And yeah, it's just, it was just this feedback loop that they were doing, they were like, well, the Steele dossier, and they're like, where'd you get the Steele dossier? Oh, well, from this guy, well, where did he get it? Oh, he's just this guy that has it. But and here's <laughs> that's the thing. a perfect way to put it. That's a perfectly civil way to put it. Dude, Just a guy that has it, dude. And what here's what kills me. So Sussman was telling the FBI that he wasn't there for a client. He was just there to talk to them. But he still bailed fucking Clinton for that fucking FBI meeting. <laughs> it's fucking insane, dude. You can't you can't make that up. No, that's yeah, that's why I don't. That's why I'm not a. a dive deep soup that's why i'm not a super deep diver into conspiracies because reality is stranger than fiction man you don't need to turn it into a conspiracy no and on top on top of that we found out that uh in maricopa county oh god uh joe biden actually ended up with more votes than we thought of in the first place and trump had less (laughs) (laughs) and that wasn't the government dan that was a privately uh a private company that did that audit because you remember the whole time with this is funny too because the whole time the democrats were like oh where's the uh this isn't legitimate it's a private company that's doing this what were they called ninja what were they called ninja strike or something like that i forget what they're even called it was something ninja crowd ninja ninja crowd or something like that but yeah 
And they were there. They went there. They did all this shit from what almost a year now. And then at the end of it, they were all just scratching their heads, like, "Yeah, it looks like uh, Biden won <laughs> by more than we thought. By more than we thought." <laughs> and that's the thing is like it's. It doesn't matter that these two things were discovered, the Steele dossier being bullshit, the Maricopa County conspiracy being bullshit. It doesn't matter because there is if you if you have if if you're on one of these extremist sides where Trump bad, orange man bad or, you know, uh, Hillary Clinton body count, if you're if you're in either of those camps, you're going to just come up with the next reason why. What just was discovered isn't true. Like you can always just keep inventing new reasons. Like, I, like how long before the Maricopa County thing, you, you start seeing people talking about, oh, this private company that was hired has ties to, you know, uh, Bill Gates or, you know, something yeah. that's kind of close but a little bit off. But I'd like to push back on that a little bit, and I would say that it does matter because what this is doing is it's delegitimizing our election process. We now have these crazy conspiracies on both sides that there's going to be people that will never admit was wrong. And ultimately, it hurts me and you. We think it's a fucking joke. It is. It's a fucking joke. I can't believe that this shit is happening. I can't believe that this shit has made it this far. I can't believe that we're still talking about it. I can't believe that these people are so fucking narcissistic that they can't believe that they would actually lose when they were just milk toast in the first place. Yeah, that's that's a great point. And and I've thought about this, too. When, when I said that it doesn't matter, what I meant is like it doesn't matter in the eyes of people that already have extremist opinions about this. But you're absolutely right. Like objectively, it, it absolutely does matter because it completely undermines our, our, our election process. Yeah. Like if you go and you lose an election, all you have to do. And, and, and this is this is you could say that this is mostly Trump's fault, but. No, I don't know that it is yeah, because it I don't happened know that with it, Clinton yeah. before Trump even said it. I don't know that it is. Yeah, with the with the Russian stuff, like all you have to do is just claim the other side cheated, and then you don't have to take responsibility for losing. Which means diving even deeper into that, Corey. Which means you, as a party, whether you're whether you're the Democratic Party or the Republican Party, you don't have to get better. You don't have to make you. You don't have to stop being the lesser of two evils. A race because, to the bottom. Well, yeah, they are. They are. They cheated. So America actually think you're in this this unbelievably ridiculous bubble of, oh, America actually agrees with us. The other side just cheated, and you're you're able to think that you're able to make certain idiots out there believe that those things are true. Yeah. Now, for the sake of the argument, I am going to say for both of them that fraud, let's say voter fraud, right, isn't a hundred percent not true. We should always be striving to secure our elections better. There are bad actors, but there's never bad actors to the point where it's like some random guy just showed up with a duffel bag and was like, this is my vote. And then there's just a million votes. And just like like, mathematically 40 districts over six states, like the amount of people that would need to be involved in a conspiracy that large is fucking insane. It's impossible. Just like it's not completely untrue that Russia and China... And they had people on the internet sharing memes and creating discourse. That shit happened. That shit's true. I'm not going to yeah. try to, but I'm, I think it's important that we separate the two for the sake of this argument of what we're saying. But no, 
Russia was or Trump was not in Trump Tower talking to Putin on the phone saying what should I do next? <laughs> Just like uh fucking Biden wasn't over there copy pasting fucking ballots to send out to his buddies. Yeah, and and that brings us to red pill, blue pill here, Corey. And we're we're in we're in trouble because it's September twenty eighth. We've already taken our bullet. <laughs> We've already this month. shot ourselves. We 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 have to we have we have to choose. So the blue pill is that uh, uh, the Steele dossier, or I should say, uh, Trump colluded with Russia. Right, that's the blue pill. And the red pill would be that uh, voter fraud lost Trump the election in twenty twenty. I'll go first if you'd like. You go if first. If you're still thinking about this, you go first. Only because I can't take a bullet now, I'm going to swallow the blue pill. Ooh, okay. Reluctantly so. And here's why. Because we do know for sure that Russian agencies, the IRA, the Internet Research Agency, definitely Was that what they're played called? a... P- yeah. Okay, because you said IRA and I immediately thought of... The Irish, the Irish Republican Army. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, they're involved in this now? What the fuck?" No, we we know that they that they were involved in uh, infiltrating our meme culture and, and definitely putting out. Uh, I don't know if you want to call it information, but like planting seeds that uh, you know Hillary Clinton is 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 bad. Uh, and you know they're not wrong about that. Let's let's let's. Let's uh, call a spade a spade here. Uh, but we know that Russia did have some involvement one way or another in the 2016 election. Where where the bullshit comes in is this weird idea that somehow Trump was involved openly with that. Um, Just so, a useful idiot. Yeah, it, kind of. Actually, I, I, yeah. He actually kind of wasn't, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I really I, I just think that there I, I think that Russia played a bigger role in 2016. And I'm not gonna sit here and say that Russia won Trump the election. Okay. That's not what happened. Hillary lost the election. But I think they played a bigger role in, in Trump's numbers of winning the election in twenty sixteen than did, you know, something like voter fraud in twenty twenty. It's like this like I, I'm giving it my fifty one percent, if you will. Very reluctantly swallowing the blue pill here. I would have taken the bullet had I not wasted it last week. Same here. I would have taken the bullet. But you know what? I'm actually going to be... I'm going to take a sip of my whiskey first for this. And before well, I say this, I'm Corey's actually... Corey's a Republican now because he's the red hat, And I got the red hat on. And I'm only wearing a red hat because, shout out to uh, Robbie last week, he messaged and he goes, why is Corey wearing a blue hat? <laughs> so I decided <laughs> to wear a red hat this time. But actually... Well, shout out. If you're going to shout Robbie out, shout out his podcast. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Out of the Blank Podcast. Sorry, Robbie. Um, out of the Blank Podcast. I'm going to take... Actually, I didn't take my sip yet. Fuck. Don't worry, uh, I covered you. Uh, okay. <laughs> Dan, don't... don't. Uh, I'm glad we used our bullets because I'm going with the red pill. Oh, no, no, no. Hear me out. Okay, hear me out. <laughs> I only say I'm going with the red pill because it's this bizarro fucking crazy world of this voter fraud that people are talking about. It still brings light to an issue as we become a more interconnected world, as we continually get more and more entrenched in the cyber, you know, the cyber connectivity of everything. Voter fraud is a threat. 
And now saying this, I'm not saying what happened in 2020 happened. Like we literally ran over everything with with literal microscopes. How do I know that? Because remember they were trying to say there was bamboo paper on some of the ballots and that wacky yeah. dumb shit. Like, but no, like like when uh, <clears throat> after the election, like I remember like in Michigan personally, uh, uh, the Republicans were talking about wanting to create more security. And our governor went, no, the voting is secure. And it's like, ah, it's like, yeah, you can say it's secure, but you should also say, but we should constantly be working on making it more secure. We have enemies. We have countries as evidenced by the Russian collusion of Russia actually trying to meddle, even though it was minute, but it was enough to make you choose the blue pill over the red pill. That we should be doing whatever we can to make sure our voting is more secure. And I'm not going to go as far as say we need voter ID because it's a scapegoat and like and like it's it's a distant it's a it's an argument that doesn't have any substance because like everyone just says it but it's like okay well if we want more people to have vo- uh, voter ID then let's make it so you don't have to pay for a fucking ID at Sec- Secretary of State. That's a good compromise, right? Make it where people can actually just get a fucking ID. And yeah, and and wasn't it wasn't it a Quinnipiac poll? I, I can't remember who did this poll. It, it, it was it, it shouldn't be that hard to find. Like me but. personally, I'm even okay with the voter signature because your signature has to fucking match the same signature as Social Secretary of State or whatever. Like the the think about the probabilities. Okay, the probabilities of somebody <clears throat> getting a hold of all of those signatures at Secretary of State, right? Just follow along. And then taking that, and then somebody filling out a million fucking ballots, and having someone sit there with this like master calligraphy degree, <laughs> and write out all these signatures to match the ones that are Secretary of State. Like I just immediately thought of the scene from uh, Billy Madison where my fingers hurt. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. Well, now your back's gonna hurt because you just pulled landscaping duty. Well, now your neck's gonna hurt because you're getting lynched for breaking the law, <laughs> right? But yeah, so it's like we're we're secure. The voting that the voting that we have in our country is secure, but it could always be more secure. And I think it's disingenuous to say that. Well, we're just good here. Let's not work on this. Well, and here's the here's the other thing. I, I think it was Quinnipiac data. I mean, th- this is this is easily findable. Um. Maybe you can find it somewhere, Corey, while I'm uh, waxing poetic about this. Um, but this idea that uh, Republicans need to suppress voting, right? We know we know this is happening, right? We know that Republicans are the ones that want to restrict voter rights. Would you disagree, Corey? Yeah, yeah. It's, it definitely it seems like that. The- they try to make it hard as hell when it comes to like, like – I go as far as saying that, like, when we when we secure the voter for that person and the uh, the voting booth, I think that, like, we should almost get a sort of receipt that, like, you get a piece of paper that just says, like, the ballot number you got with no other information, just the ballot number you got. So you could just have a reference of a sort of receipt to go and look. I think there should be a database for that. But I think that cl- that the, the whole mail-in... Uh, ballot thing i think that trying to like, use that as a scapegoat is bullshit i think that uh pulling drop boxes away from all over the counties where people have to drive 45 minutes to an hour to drop off their voter ballot is bullshit i think it's bullshit honestly that 
people have to work 12 hour days and they can't even make it to the polls. I think it's bullshit that uh, we don't have more than one day for voting, honestly. Like, if this is supposed to be as, as uh, sacred as it is, we should have almost a day off to make it to where everybody can get to the polls. Like a holiday. Like a holiday. But my, my question is, why do Republicans feel the need to suppress voting? Because here's the thing. Because when Democrats the, the, show up, they win. That's why. That's true. But the data, the data will tell you that if you took all non-voters that that still have yep. some sort yep. of political leaning, fifty-fifty. I'm sorry, I cut you off. If, I got if, excited. The, the non-voters <laughs> essentially are split fifty-fifty. Yeah, so why wouldn't you want to get more people to the polls as Republicans? Like, are you are you that afraid of losing? When the Democrats show up, okay. well, why don't you just get more of your people to get to the polls? Why don't you set up? Because here's the thing, Corey, when you talk about, you know, driving 40 minutes to the polls or driving all this way to drop off your ballot. When you suppress those things, you're actually hurting your own base. Why? Because who votes Republican? Old people. It ain't the people in the it ain't the people in the cities. That are two minutes away from the ballot, from their from their polling place, it's the people in the rural communities that vote Republican. Yep. So why wouldn't you want to make it easier for, for your base to get out there and vote? It it will never make any sense to me. You're going which to keep is, losing elections. Which is also funny because you would also think about how the fact that like in rural communities, uh, a lot of the times it's a subcontracted postman. It's not even the actual USPS. Right. <laughs> they don't give a shit. They don't give a fuck. They're just there to make a buck. They're not some secret narc for some government conspiracy. Speaking no, of government conspiracies, might... yeah, talk well, about Julian. Before we get there, I think that I just I just want to mention this. I think that may be the first time we've swallowed opposite pills. Yeah, this show's over. We don't agree anymore. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> but yes, the the topic of the day, the CIA's. Uh, uh, James Bond plot to destroy Julian Assange, the WikiLeaks founder that, uh, I'll just put it really simply, uh, gave the American public a lot of information that we should know about uh, how the government operates behind our backs and uh, (laughs) makes us not as free as essentially we thought we were. I find this story very, very interesting. And 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 it's for a reason that maybe nobody else would find it interesting. But recently, in fact, last night, I got into a debate with somebody on the interwebs, which is always a mistake. And I always... I always have a great time. I always feel hungover when I'm done. <laughs> um, because the argument was, somebody had posted something about Jen Psaki... And about how uh, the White House press corps is basically just Jim Acosta, and that's it. <laughs> and so it, it was basically it was basically shitting on on Jen Psaki and and shitting on the Biden administration, which I have no issue with. You can shit on the Biden administration, but the issue that where I hold issue is with people that these people that still believe that somehow Donald Trump was different. Than the Biden administration, the Obama administration, or any other administration besides the Trump administration. This whole drain the swamp narrative 
that they still throw out there, that he was there trying to fight pedophilia and, you know, trying to... to, to <laughs> by to, hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, and, and, and trying to... Trying to take down the billionaires by filling his cabinet with more billionaires than any other president. Drain the swamp, am I right? And come to find out that it was the Trump administration's version of the CIA that had plans released recently to uh, basically kidnap and assassinate Julian Assange. Now, if you don't think that's real, okay, let's move on to who Trump's Secretary of State was. Who was that, Corey Walsh? Was it Pompeo? If I'm not mistaken, that was Mike Pompeo. Do you know what Mike Pompeo did before that? Didn't he? Oh, shit. Who did he work for? He worked for a... uh, I'm drawing a blank. It was something in the military, right? Go back a little further. Okay. (laughs) He he was a part of someone's administration, wasn't he? He was a CIA director. Okay. Yep. All right. At one point, he was the CIA director. And Julian Assange made the CIA and Mike Pompeo look like an ass. So you want to tell me that it doesn't make sense that Mike Pompeo would want to have Julian Assange assassinated? Not even I don't even think it's necessarily because of what Julian Assange released. It's because these people are petty. Mike Pompeo wanted revenge. Mm-hmm. And Mike Pompeo and what, had Donald Trump's what, ear. And what better way than to sit in a room drawing up sketches... of how to do it like to the point where they talked about going to having fucking shootouts in the streets of london and a rebuttal on that room was 20 by the way Corey, just to cut you sorry to cut you off between 2017 and 2018 he was the cia director under donald trump yeah before being moved to secretary of state in 2018 yeah yeah he uh they were talking about just straight up gunning them down in the street running them off the road. And the rebuttal was, well, we can't do that. It's London. It's not Turkey or Pakistan, which goes to show you what we think about other countries. <laughs> like, it's just, what the fuck? What happened to freedom of press? What happened to whistleblower laws? We have Edward Snowden hiding out in Russia right now. It just goes to show the hubris of this government that that, that we feel, whether whether it's Clinton, Bush, Obama, or, or Donald Trump, or, or Joe Biden, that we can just go to another country and just kill somebody because we feel like he's wronged us. Mm-hmm. It's, Damn straight, because this is America. Yeah, can't say anything bad about it. And, and 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 because Trump was supposed to be that guy, right? How many times did you see hashtag pardon Snowden or hashtag pardon Assange? To Trump, They're, his supporters were asking him to free Assange. And instead of trying to decide to pardon him, nah, he was drawn out shitty drawings of how they should do it and kill him do him in god mike they're talking about poisoning him mike pompeo was born in 1963 the guy looks like he's 80 years old i'm just saying i'm just looking at him right now that's what happens when you got the weight of thousands of deaths on your hands much like tucker carlson he also looks like he always just smelled a fart he looks like he's trying to figure out if if his fart was wet or not (laughs) should i wipe i mean we've all been there you're right, it's this one. Yeah, you know, when, oh, when you got when you got when it's a hot day, you got that sweaty butthole and you fart and you go, ooh, it's wet, but is it sweat or is it should I let's just play it safe. I'll be right back. 
<laughs> oh, I gotta go take a whiz, boys. <laughs> I actually, I gotta, I gotta go uh, jerk off. Like you'd rather say you were jerking off than wiping <laughs> shit out of your wet butthole <laughs> than cleaning your drawers. I'm an adult, damn it. <laughs> is this? I mean, oh, is this the final man. nail in the coffin, though? That like Trump was the same. It was an establishment. He was. He was there for self-interest. He was there to make him and his buddies richer. All under the guise of being a populist. Mm. That's just so you. Real populism isn't real. I don't think there's so much more to say. Uh, you want to move on to January no. 6th? We can move on to January 6th. This is Corey's the, favorite uh, story. This, this, was, this was another story that uh, distracted him from Tulsi Gabbard today. Yeah. <laughs> Just diving into our government's ineptitudes versus my girl dropping the ball. <laughs> <laughs> or the bomb. Should I say the bomb? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. She didn't drop a bomb. Is this, is this stage two? This is stage two acceptance, right? <laughs> yeah. what's, We're going to get you what's, there. What's stage three? I don't remember. Is it 12 stages of grief? That's the 12 steps. <laughs> What's How many stages of grief are there? I hope I'm almost done. <laughs> You're not. Is it, <laughs> is it five or eight? I'm looking it up. Five hey, stages of grief up. and loss. Verywellmind.com tells us that there are five. The first is denial. The second is anger. Okay. You haven't gotten angry yet. Oh, I'm angry. <laughs> no, I'm not angry. Bargaining. I did a little bit of that. <laughs> Depression. I can, okay. Acceptance. Yeah, I, I had the heartache. Okay. All right. I'm almost to the point of acceptance. I need that, to get angry. I need to get angry, Dan. That poster's going to have to come down. <laughs> this poster ain't coming down. <laughs> Over my dead body. <laughs> There's your anger. Just replace it with a don't tread on me flag. <laughs> That's actually a good flag. No step beyond snaky. Yeah, but we all know what it really means now. We know what it, you and I know what it, it got supposed, hijacked. Yeah, you, you and I know what it's supposed to mean, but what does it really mean right now? Yeah, it got hijacked. You know what's it's funny because you know what also got hijacked was the uh, the Nazi symbol, the swastika. Yeah. That was originally like a Nordic symbol. Hitler just turned it sideways. And it's also it's also like a Hindu symbol for like the foreign corners. Like I forget what it means exactly. It's something. It's actually something to do with like peace or something. But then he turned it sideways and. Boy, in a Corey, poetic sort of way. That it's a good thing. It it's a good thing. This is only a training gun. <laughs> <laughs> you just bought the training gun. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm blue. gonna, I'm gonna use this for red pill, blue pill from now on. Maybe we should paint half of it red. <laughs> we got, we got pulling out guns. Now, now we got props. Yeah. <laughs> for those wondering, for those uh, two A people, yes, it is a Glock 17. Yep, it's a training gun. Is that what? Is that you don't carry? What do you? You, oh, you don't have your CPL, do you? I don't. I do have a... I just have a small single stack 9. I have a Ruger EC9S. Nice. It's the only gun I own. Wesson. Got my CPL, Smith & Wesson MP shield. So, apparently, there were... <laughs> when everyone talks about, like, how everyone got... We got lambasted, right? Like, Capitol Riots. How did we not know this was going to happen? And everyone tried to, like... We got painted as the insurrection and that the it was The answer is, we did! <laughs> We did know, yeah. and we knew that, and and this is the thing too. And we so we did know, and we knew that it was unorganized, and we knew that it was like this, just 
herd mentality that ended up going in there and there wasn't some nefarious plot to create a coup or an insurrection. So when those words are used, remember that that wasn't what the plan was when those people went there. So we could stop painting a bunch of our fellow Americans as people that are actually trying to go and organize and try to overthrow our country. Granted, the people that went in there were fucking idiots. I don't know what they're doing. I st- every time I talk about this, I still have this image of that old-ass lady, probably 80 years old, with a fucking mask on, holding what looked like a pamphlet. <laughs> like, you know what, Corrado? Like she thought she was there for a tour. She had something to live for. <laughs> God damn it, dude. She did something I never got to. Like I've said before, and I'll put it, on, I'll put it in the recording, if it was for something actually... Defending the Constitution, I'd be like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> um, But yeah, so there was an FBI informant who was just hanging out with all of these people and trying to, I guess, because, you know, like, domestic extremism is something that's on their list now of uh, stuff they're looking for. So they had a bunch of FBI informants uh, entangled and uh, embedded in all of these different right-wing crazy groups of these militias and stuff like that like in fact what's the guy's name the guy from the midwest chapter for the proud boys he was an informant i forget his name i wish i could say his name just because or all the guys that were involved in the plot to kidnap governor whitmer there was like more fbi agents than there were actually right-wing extremists and then what does the fbi do and then didn't one of them get like fired for being a wife beater or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, what you a joke. Ass, what does yeah. the FBI actually do? What are we doing here? Kill people. Look at uh, <laughs> Waco, Texas. Remember we just lit a house on fire. Well, that was the, the, that was was the ATF, though, wasn't it? I think it was the ATF and the FBI, right? I mean, it was both. Never when, forget. Wasn't it the FBI that dropped the bomb in, uh, uh, what was that, Philadelphia? Remember there was a bomb dropped on a house? I yes! Think that was the FBI. I forget. I can't. Don't know the exact story. But yeah, Philadelphia. I'm just thinking about the Tom Hanks movie. Which one? The FBI was Philadelphia. (laughs) Oh, the movie Philadelphia. The one where he has AIDS. Yeah, the FBI was probably involved in that too. Probably they were involved in uh, what's his name, Ernest Hemingway's death. (laughs) Yeah, they just involved in a bunch of shit. So McCarthyism isn't dead, boys. (laughs) Boys. Boys. McCarthyism is not dead. But yeah, no, it's, uh, uh, what's funny is who is the informant has since He's got a great memory, this guy. So I'm on the Hill right now. I'm, uh, I'm looking at the Hill's, uh, article, FBI head informant in crowd during Capitol riot. And they even said that the informant has since denied that the Proud Boys intended to use violence on January 6th, but rather were consumed by a herd mentality. And he has also denied that the group planned to attack the Capitol in interviews, the Times reported. So there goes the whole idea. So when people keep calling, that's I guess that's where I'm coming from when I say the whole idea of them calling this an insurrection or a coup and all this shit. And it's just a bunch of idiots who literally, and like, here's the thing, it's like, they fucking all, their crime is believing their president. That's the crime at the end of the day. Yeah. And the FBI was there just egging them on. And so in a statement to The Hill, an FBI spokesperson said the agency's mission is to protect the American people and uphold the Constitution of the United States and intelligence gathering is essential in those efforts. So let's just go hang out and beat up some other FBI agents and cops (laughs) to get 
get some information like, from when you, when you when you think about January sixth, and thank God not a lot of people were hurt. Thankfully, those that were that sucks. But putting that aside, Ashley, yeah, Ashley Babbitt was killed. Yeah, there were some cops that were really beat up and stuff. It was a deadly day. When you when you think about the fact that that whole thing was a combination of QAnon, the FBI, and Proud Boys, the Proud Boys, and old ladies, and a bunch of militia members, and a guy wearing a fucking Viking hat with a bugle horn. Well, he was he was the he was the Q shaman, so he's part of QAnon. But yeah, it's he like, said he was there. He said he was sent by Jesus, didn't he? He said something like he was sent by Q, but he was all about God and stuff like that. Boy, man, where we go one, we go all. Am I right? <laughs> I mean, just when you think you can't write that movie, yeah, and you that, can't write that movie. This is what pisses me off about the media, though. Is like, so while groups such as the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers were intent on entering the Capitol, officials told Reuters that there there appeared to be no coordinated plans regarding what they would do once they broke into the Capitol. So, do you remember the next fucking day? They all voted to fucking uh, impeach Trump, saying that he was one of the people of this. When the FBI now, eight months later, is like, oh, yeah, there was no coordination, by the way. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute, though. I mean, Trump didn't. Let's just say I, I think it's really hard to prove that, like, he incited the thing or whatever. But, like, you heard what he said on that That's, last speech. We're going to the Capitol. We're going to fight like hell. Yeah. If, if you don't, but is that rhetoric yeah. any different than anything he said for the past four years? If you don't do it, you're not going to have a country anymore. Uh, it is. It is because he that, – that was the first time where he was actually, like, basically – Kind of talk about action. Yeah, we and have to fight. Up because he wasn't telling people to calm down and stuff. But you know what, actually? I remember it so – this is what blew my mind the most about this, and this is what made me really realize the hold that Trump had on people. They were in that building, tearing shit up, looking, had a fucking, uh, what's it called? A guillotine, not a guillotine, but they had a rope hanging out front. They were ready to lynch people. They were like, hang Mike Pence. They were in there to fuck people up. And Trump went on Twitter and said, everybody go home. And guess what? They fucking did. That was one of the weirdest, most somber moments for me of the impact and the power that he had over these people. Because we had all of those riots the summer before. And those people were filled with so much rage and anger and hurt at the injustices and everything going on in our country that you couldn't tell them shit. They were there to enact revenge. Whether you want to call it justified or not, depending on which way you lean, based on how much history you know about our country and how the police interact with with minorities and what exactly happens in our country with the injustices of what goes on, you couldn't tell them shit. He says one thing in a one-minute video and they just all of a sudden just... And they just go fucking home. That was one of my biggest takeaways from that. So is that, that's interesting, because like, I knew that, I hadn't really thought that deeply about it. Uh, So is that one of those things where like, the the hold that Trump has over his base, 
in in a weird way, at least in that moment, it just in that moment, it was it's safe. Kind, it was it was kind of it a good, good thing. Yeah. I, it, I, I might get kicked off of, of Facebook even just for saying that. But like, okay, so let's say it's bad nine hundred ninety nine thousand times. That one millionth time, it was it was kind of a good thing. It's it's just an interesting thing to think about. Well, I mean, he 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 was on a boat like you're, you're equivalently like you want to trivialize it. He was on a boat with a bunch of children, and he shot a giant asshole with a shotgun in the boat, and then made all the kids stick their whole fingers in the holes and go, "Look, we saved the boat." See there, <laughs> see, see there you go. See there you go. I'm an idiot. What I just said was stupid, and forget no, what no, I just no, said. No, no, <laughs> no. No, I mean. And that one sliver when he said it just he did. He he let them but that's the thing is he let them for hours do that shit before he said that to where if he would have said that in the very beginning he could have stopped it. So you know, fuck him. <laughs> but Definitely would, fuck but, him. But uh it blew my mind when I saw like cause like I was watching it, I was going back and forth between Fox and CNN that day. Cause on big events like that, that's where you're gonna find like the best like visual of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're going to get the, the live footage, stuff. Seeing all the footage of them breaking in and fucking stealing shit. And then all of a sudden him saying that. And then all of a sudden you see this footage of the Capitol building. And it's a trickle. And then it becomes a flow. And they all just leave. And that's it. They didn't have to go out into the streets and create. I mean, they did the curfew and they did all that. But there was just no one there. They all left. And that's, it was just, it was like unsettling to me. It was like, what the fuck? That's scary. So if you don't believe, if you don't believe, I'm sure we'll talk about this a lot more as, as it gets closer. But if you don't believe that Donald Trump can win in 2024, like if, if you want to, if you want to go back to 2016, to this, to this place where I was, where I think even you were, Corey, where most of us were, oh, there's no way this fucking buffoon can win. There's no way. I was there. I didn't think nobody thought he had a chance to beat Hillary Clinton. He went out and he did. Now, part of that is because Hillary Clinton was a god awful candidate. Uh and, and part of that is because Trump is a great marketer and he played to the base that he needed to play to to make sure he won. Like all of the things came together for him to be able to win in 2016. Don't you goddamn for one second think that those things can't come into place again because now he has really built a base because a lot of those people that voted for him in 2016 built loyalty to him over four years that they didn't have in 2016 so that base is stronger now than it was then so if you want to play this game where uh you know this this whole vote blue no matter who nonsense you're in trouble i i i you know he didn't lose even I know we talked earlier about Maricopa County and the bullshit. But this this whole But overall he didn't lose by much. Yeah, that this this idea that oh he got he got obliterated like you were He still got more votes than he did in 2016. If if you but if and if that is if that is the 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 thing that you're going to tell yourself, you are you were making the same mistake you made in 2016 in thinking that he has no chance to win. You're making the exact same mistake. He didn't lose by that much. It, it, overall, even after the Maricopa County revote, he lost by what forty three thousand votes, dude. That is a hockey arena. That is yeah. not a lot of human beings. No, he lost. He won Michigan by twelve thousand votes in two thousand sixteen. He he lost Georgia by what ten thousand votes. I mean, this isn't 
if you want to be complacent, if the Democrats want to be complacent and the Democratic voting base wants to be complacent, he will win in 2024. Uh, you, you, yeah. I mean, you heard it here first. And a he lot of win. that's and a lot of that's going to rely on what happens in this next week. We didn't even get into the uh, whole uh, infrastructure bill and the reconciliation bill. There's a lot of numbers and stuff going on in that where I'm not going to pretend I know it all enough. I don't have it in front of me to be able to like really elaborate on it. We'll without, get into it. We'll get into it when the vote actually some, happens. Yeah, let's let the dust settle on that one. There's plenty of other sources that are talking about that that they know that shit way more than we do. We're intellectual idiots. Uh Yes, sir. But yeah, he might run in 20... He's going to probably run in 2024, but you know one of the people running against him is, right? Oh, the, the, how the could rumor, I the murmurs. Yeah, The murmurs. <laughs> that was a good fucking segue, right? I just wanted to say real quick, that was a yeah, good fucking segue. I will hand you a virtual <laughs> cookie over that one. Uh, yeah, Mike Pence. There are rumors that Mike Pence is going to uh, run in the Republican primary in 2024. I, this may not happen, so we're just going to have a little fun with it. Uh, I hope he, he does. He'll still uh, the evang- he'll st- he'll split the ticket. He'll still the evang- the evang- the evangelical vote from Trump hands I, down. I don't know if he will because the evangelical- two Corinthians holding the Bible. Actually, he didn't hold the Bible upside down. That was a farce. That was fake media. That was fake news. That's another example of media fucking up. Oh, that Trump held the Bible upside down? Yeah, he didn't. And I parroted <laughs> that one. Like, yeah, so that's like, we mean you both. We get caught up sometimes in this shit too. We're not above anyone else who gets caught up by the media's narratives and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Like, I think that's why I think I'm more, I think that's why I'm more pissed about the Steele dossier than I am about the, uh, the Maricop, the the whole voter fraud thing, because I knew Dude, the voter fraud thing was bullshit. But I I I ate that pill. If you you know what pill I ate, and it, and it's an embarrassing one. It's a, it's a really embarrassing one. Uh, hindsight being twenty twenty. Dude, I had Trump. I had Trump derangement syndrome. I absolutely had Trump derangement syndrome. I thought Donald Trump was going to destroy this country, and by any means necessary, we have to get this guy out of office. And that was just the wrong way to look at it. It just was. I fell. I fell for it, and I hate. I just. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that. Like, oh, I have. I'm. I'm. I'm going soft on Donald Trump. No, I still think he was easily one of the worst presidents of all time, if not the worst. I can't stand the man, and I really hope he doesn't ever get elected again or anybody like him. But but he wasn't what the media correct portrayed him to be. You, you didn't even have to finish that sentence. That's what I said correct. Yeah. The, 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 derangement, the derangement syndrome was so much more harmful than it did so much more harm than it did good. Oh, it, yeah. Cause like yeah. I said, like at the steel, like, like he's talking about the fake news media and everyone's like, oh, shut the fuck up. And then all of a sudden, the oh, wait, steel he dossier. Was, oh, wait. Russia right collusion wasn't yeah. real. Wait, what? What? That's why I'm pissed off about that. That pisses me off. Like I said, the voter fraud thing, like, it's. I knew right away. I didn't. I didn't get emotionally vested in it. But if Pence runs, Corey, I'm looking for so much entertainment because I'm <laughs> actually I'm like looking forward to the names that Donald Trump calls him because he's going to call him some because names. They told him he's not going to be his friend anymore. That's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> he's like, I made you. <laughs> I'm not your friend anymore. <laughs> Isn't that fucking hilarious? But the only thing about it is, like, Trump will get, or I'm sorry, Pence will get fucking destroyed because everybody hates Mike Pence. Democrats tried to hang him. 
Yeah, Democrat, <laughs> especially God. Did you say especially God? Wait, did I? No, Is God didn't you... try to hang him. No. <laughs> That's what I thought you said. No. I you said even, even God hates Mike Pence. I'm like, wow. <laughs> no, I don't know. Depends on the God that you want to uh, believe in. Democrats hate Mike Pence. Leftists hate Mike Pence. Republicans hate Mike Pence. Trump sycophants hate Mike Pence. How in the hell could he possibly think that he has a chance to beat Donald Trump in a primary? There's just no way. (laughs) There's no way. Absolutely no way. Probably not. You're probably right. I mean, it's going to be fun, though. We got to get to we got to get to the monologues because I forgot to plug my computer in. Uh oh. <laughs> my computer is deciding where we go with this show, so we do have to say goodbye to the Facebook crowd. If you want to hear these monologues, please download the podcast. It will be available for you here uh, Thursday morning. You can find it on your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm not going to name them all. Corey, tell we're them where, tell, yeah, tell the people where they can find us on uh, social. All right, we are on Facebook at. Libservative. We are on Instagram at Libservative Pod. We are on Twitter at Libservative Pod. You can see us get in there and talk shit with politicians and stuff on uh, Libservative on the Twitter. Uh, we're on WordPress. We actually put our transcripts up for uh, from our monologues. Um, we're on Reddit. That's usually just where we ask questions. But if you want to just look us up, you know, we usually ask questions on there. You can throw your little two cents in there. Uh, like, follow, and share. Tell a friend. If you're interested in just hearing two intellectual idiots just bullshit about politics and not have, not try to push any narrative short of uh, what a little bit of our bias is. We all got a little bit of bias and we're trying to confront it. Um, yep. This is the show that just makes sure we all think. That's all it is. Yeah, that's what it is. We're not telling you what to think. We're just here to be like, hey, let's just think a little bit more about this because it's not binary. It's not black and white. It's not something simple. There's a, There's more context to all of it. For the live people, Corey, uh, your monologue is on. Uh, oh, my monologue is going to. It's called uh, Steel versus. Or let me actually let me look it up real quick. Steel to steel, unfounded mm-hmm. outrages wailed by crybabies, and now it's spelled Steel S T A L to Steel S T E E L E. You like very, that? You like those? You like those play on words? Very, very clever. And mine will be. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> I literally wrote that. I was like, "Damn, that's fucking good." There's mine. Mine will be <laughs> California wildfires. Nature doesn't care about government experts, and why we should be weary as well. We will say goodbye to you here on Facebook Live. Please download Libservative wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and we will see you next week. Until then, he's been Dan Griffin. Yeah. We're not going to say that. I already ended the video. Oh, shit. (laughs) We'll get to that at the end. I'm going to jump straight into my monologue, Corey, because I don't know how long my computer's going to last here. So let's get it going. How does one prove government policy to be ineffective and even dangerous? Do we do it through stats and graphs, through polling or some sort of public vote? Do we simply sit back and let the experts tell us what is right and what is safe. Believe it or not, the latter is what we most often do. Depending on who you voted for in the last presidential election, there's a good chance you've thought this way in just the last few hours. Perhaps an expert 
quote unquote, somehow, <clears throat> somewhere, may have suggested that Biden's open border policy is killing our country and that and the only way to fix it is to finish Trump's border wall. Or maybe an expert at the CDC suggested that breakthrough cases of COVID are a very small percentage of COVID hospitalizations and deaths. To set the record straight, Biden has deported more undocumented Americans than Trump did in the same amount of days into his presidency, and the CDC, the CDC stopped recording testing data for breakthrough cases sometime between April and May of this year, right around the time where that data would have been really fucking useful. What's my point? Quote unquote, experts generally have agendas, pointing to things that are bad and wanting those bad things to go away, usually for financial or political gain. The better course of action would be to listen to the folks that have their boots on the ground. When it comes to COVID, let's talk to more doctors that are treating the disease, more clinicians. Does ivermectin work? Let's get these people's thoughts after treating someone with the drug. Are border hoppers rapists and drug dealers? Let's talk to the men and women on the ground making these arrests. When all is said and done, the things that we piss and moan and scream at one another about anonymously on a bullshit Twitter feed have very little effect on our everyday lives. They pose no danger to us other than they, they pose no danger to us, at least not more than the danger that is right in front of us. What's more dangerous, COVID or ivermectin? People hopping the border to pursue the American dream or the failure of the war on drugs? People in California and the Northwest should know better than anyone about what is dangerous about focusing on the danger presented instead of the real imminent threat as record-setting wildfires have continued to rage over the past two summers. Fire seasons have been extending like never before, and communities are burning to the ground. As a Dixie fire winds down after a stroke of luck and dying winds just before surpassing a million acres, it is the single largest singular fire in California history. A few complex fires have come together to make larger ones in the past, including the August complex just last year. The causes of these massive fires are as follows. Drought, high winds, climate change, and of course, government policy. In the summer of 1910, a massive fire raged over the bone-dry forests of the California landscape. In just two days, what's called the Big Burn scorched a swath of land the size of Connecticut. The blaze burned over three million acres, destroying towns and villages in its wake. What was the government policy to follow? Well, of course, fire is bad. This leading to the 10 a.m. policy, stating that all fires were to be put out by 10 a.m. the morning after being discovered. The 10 a.m. policy led to a terrible relationship with fire that is affecting us even today. Smokey Bear telling you to prevent wildfires was a way to scare you into believing, I'm sorry, into being afraid of the forest burning. So what should have been done instead? Because fire is bad, right? We don't want things burning down. We're, we're environmentalists, damn it. We should, have instead, we should have instead listened to the beautiful leather boots that have been on the ground thousands of years before Europeans even knew what a sequoia tree was. The actual sequoia nation and the various other indigenous peoples that had a healthy relationship with fire since the beginning of time. They easily understood what we didn't 
in this incredible, ridiculous hubris that Westerners still exhibit today. Fire is actually good. As we continue to put out fires over the decades, it allowed an incredible overaccumulation of underbrush or forest junk to build. When droughts came, as we see more and more with climate change, this stuff dries out and accumulates an incredible amount of fuel. This leaves us at a point where, when a fire starts, good luck containing it. California is seeing a smaller number of fires with more acreage burning since the 1980s. And only recently have I stopped seeing those bullshit Smoky Bear commercials. We need controlled burns, we need to clear out this underbrush, and we, need, and we needed to listen to those boots on the ground in 1910 to prevent disaster today. So to tie it all together, here we sit, taking expert knowledge from agencies, people that haven't been in the field for decades, if at all, listen to your doctor, people say. They'll know the best course of action. Unless, of course, that doctor prescribes ivermectin. Build your business and hire good people, people say. Take care of them and they'll take care of you. It's a beautiful free market. Unless, of course, that worker is an undocumented Mexican. So what can the California fires building up from government policy from 1910 tell us today? tells us that listening to these agencies right now here today might have very little effect on us. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. But who knows what it's going to mean in 90 years. The better idea is to listen to the boots on the ground to prevent disaster. And that's my point, Corey Walsh. Not listen to the pundits and the bureaucrats. And the people who have some sort of special interest in the issue, but the people there that are being directly affected by it. And the people that are actually implementing solutions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because uh like you said, like I like I really like how you're talking about the Native Americans and like they had a, a a real relationship with fire. They didn't fear fire. They did actual burns to make things happen in their neighborhoods, or not their neighborhoods, but like the regions that they lived in to protect themselves. Because fire is good. When you have too much underbrush, you have too much accumulation. This is why you end up with these record setting fires. Fire is a creator just as much as it is a destroyer. You know, most things are made of carbon and fire is one that creates carbon. So does fire create life or does fire create death? In a short span of us and our own personal thing, it's like you see fire, we know it hurts. So immediately you want to extinguish it, get rid of it. It's going to be a very big, uh, inconvenience to my life today but we don't think about things in the grand scheme and that fire is a metaphor for how we deal with things right now it can oh, destroy metaphor it can destroy but it can also rebuild yeah absolutely yeah you're not wrong you're not wrong at all <laughs> yeah it's you're, just, you're up just, oh, okay <laughs> All right, I'll go up. I'm up. I think my yeah, point no. was made. Your point was made. I don't have much to, much to add to that. All right, you ready? Steel to steel, unfounded outrages wailed by crybabies. 
With the outcome of the Maricopa County audit, the last gleaming hope of a rigged election showing lack of fraud was dashed. Add the recent debunking of the Steele dossier that said Russia was in cahoots with Trump, how do we get away from blaming outside influences having an effect on our election outcomes? At what point do we admit that the political parties are endorsing subpar candidates? Two scenarios that seem worlds apart on the surface are in, in fact essentially two arms of the same beast. Interference or rigged. Drum beats from the highest and at one time the most sacred office in our country. Objectively, of course, the office is still sacred, but the sweaty asses of draft-dodging, self-interested, senile old men sure as hell aren't doing it any favors. The steel dossier was the juicy stake that the left fomented over, over for months, and even years. The explanation that got the left all hot and bothered as the only reasoning as to why their candidate didn't win. She was a shoo-in. The poster child of shattered glass ceilings. Never mind that the shards of that ceiling fell on Americans who didn't give a damn about identity politics as their wages got smaller and the future for their children diminished. All that coupled with the fact that once that ceiling was broken and the rain came in, the one who broke it wasn't anywhere in sight to try to fix it. Most noticeably on the campaign trail. From bad trade deals and foreign policy blunders, the party of the moral high ground didn't seem to give a damn about the common folk, no matter how warm or fuzzy their platitudes made them feel. But there is no way in hell that those thoughts were on the minds of the constituents. This, this, had, this had to be something more sinister. An evil we've called friend when advantageous and a scapegoat when beneficial. The Russians. It absolutely had to be them. What sort of American votes for an outsider against the face of progress and a true spirit of equality? The other Clinton? Plastered on the mainstream media nonstop was an insane operation to delegitimize the incumbent president. Fast forward four years, we have debunked reports that involved the FBI, British intelligence, and our own glorious money-hungry media pushing a narrative that ended with nothing more than distrust in our election process and one of the former candidate for president's lawyers indicted. Not to be outdone, of course, when the following election came and went, the same man that won the 16 election didn't get help from those dastardly scary reds this time and lost. And in that loss, he stuck to his same script he's followed when it came to his casinos, his airlines, his Emmy nominees, his field fo- and his failed football team. It was all rigged. That's right. There's no way the man who said he'd win so much that we'd get tired of winning could possibly lose. Did the American people really get tired of winning? Was the election rigged? Well, after countless audits and investigations, it's very, very apparent that it was the the exhaustion of winning so goddamn much. A wannabe populist whose narcissistic tendencies led to an ego so big that he thought he was a shoo-in. The poster child of an outsider who shared shattered glass ceilings. Never mind that the shards from the ceilings fell on Americans who didn't give a damn about identity politics and the scary socialists as they were losing their houses, businesses, and hospitals that became over as they were losing their houses and businesses and hospitals became overcrowded from a uh, pandemic that became needlessly politicized. But those damn liberals and their agenda. The socialist boogeyman that rears his head out every two to four years. After running a piss-poor re-election campaign of pandering to his base, doubling down on the same stale four-year-old quips like Sleepy Joe, 
and feeding his ego of filling arenas of his constituents that were already going to vote for him with his base just standing on corners, waving flags with his name on it, and lambasting anyone who didn't feign for Trump as hard as they did. There was no way he could lose. Unless, of course, the Socialist Democrats stole the election. Now that the privatized audit in Arizona turned up more votes not for Trump, but in fact for Biden, the Maricone County audit uh, gets quietly put on the tool rack next to the Russian collusion. Neither side will admit that they were bamboozled. The leaders they held so dear told them these things, oh, told them these things so of course they believe them. What Americans need to realize is that in a localized election system with millions of hands in the pot, it is very hard and damn near impossible to rig something on such a grandiose scale that it could sway an entire election, especially after examining it with quite literally a microscope. Maybe Americans will realize we're not so different after all, and that politicians red and blue, left and right, lie through their teeth for self-serving stepping stones on a never-ending quest for power. Maybe the sooner Americans hold their people accountable instead of explaining away the results with fabricated lies, America can rise from the ashes as a phoenix with two political wings fully engulfed in flames. Isn't that the dream? It is the dream. And it is. Have just, both political wings fully engulfed in flames? Uh, dude, I don't even think anyone's realized. Like, we, I use this term so often that they can't see the forest through the trees. And it's just two fucking sides explaining away the loss <laughs> over and over again. That instead and of them not doing good, well, it's got to be the other side, Dan. Yeah, dude, it's the lesser of two evils trope. I mean, you, you know, you, you always get that. You you know this. You should know this better than anyone. Someone who's voted libertarian in the last two elections. Oh, Corey, you wasted your vote. How yeah. dare you it not vote for Joe Biden and get that troll out of our president's uh, out from behind the resolute desk. You wasted your vote. Yeah, no, in 2016, I definitely heard that. Shame on you. Oh, geez. But by 2020, when 2020 came, Trump actually lost and Biden won. I walked into work with a big ass smile on my face and I saw people talking about it and they were conservatives. And I walked up to him and I was like, hey, what's up, guys? (laughs) How's your day been? (laughs) You guys ready to tell me that, uh, it's my fault you lost. <laughs> because in 2016, when I walked into work and Clinton lost, there were people there that were like shaking their head because they knew I voted third party. And so by 2020, I was like, hey, I've seen this one before. <laughs> no, it's it, instead of looking at uh, what I always tell people is like, OK, so how how because I mean, everybody knows this. I'll say it again. I voted for Clinton and I also voted for Biden. Didn't feel good about either of them. But I never I never accused anybody of wasting their vote because like when I go in and I vote for Clinton or I vote for Biden, I am so like not thrilled about filling in that fucking bubble. Like it doesn't I wasn't happy to do it. It's just, well, I feel like it's kind of my duty. So I might as well just fill this stupid bubble in here. And I, I, I feel like I'm the idiot, not you, because. I was one of those people that fell for the lesser of two evils bullshit. And the longer so many of us keep falling for that, the longer we're going to end up with these garbage ass candidates. Like, like 
we the people, right? Like it's supposed to be our choice who runs this country. Not and two we, parties. And we, we, yeah, we, we give it away. We give it away to the parties and say, all right, well, I guess they know better than I do, so I guess I'll just vote for this person right now. And it goes, yeah. it, it goes both ways. It absolutely goes both ways. And it's, it, that's, that's the thing that needs, that's the thing that needs to change. Instead of going out and saying to a, a libertarian or whomever that, you know, you wasted your vote and then trying to shame you. Like, we all know that shit doesn't work. Yeah. You're not going to shame people into yeah, and it's like, voting how about, a certain way. I didn't waste my vote. Wasting my vote would have been on a candidate I didn't believe in. Damn the torpedoes, whether or not they win or lose. Come up with a better fucking candidate. Well, you know what I say? Well, okay, well, if, if I wasted my vote, next time I'll really waste my vote. and I just yeah, I'm going to waste it even harder. I'm just not going <laughs> to vote. I'm, I'm just really going gonna... to waste it even more. Well, What's that supposed you, to mean? I think if, you know what it means. <laughs> if you if you don't vote, that means you don't care. You don't care. <laughs> I like how when we get near the end of our, our bourbon, we start getting these weird, like, real cynical, <laughs> like, whiny voices talking about people talking to us. I think it's I think it's the social media effect, man. Like this this uh, complete inability to have a good faith conversation with anybody is like I'm I'm like I'm always like. Like you know me, Corey. I'm a I'm a I'm an avid golfer, right? And one of the reasons people love golf, maybe I've said this on the show before, is at least if you're an amateur like me who's not very good, one of the reasons I love the game is because like when I hit a great shot, I get this so like good. amazing high, and I'm chasing that dragon. I want to hit that great shot again. It's the same way I feel when I try to talk to people online. Like once in a while, you'll get that good faith conversation. You'll be like, ah. I have a little bit of faith in humanity again. And then 50 conversations later, you're going, is there anybody else? Anybody else actually wants to have a good faith conversation about something that we disagree on? No. All right. Well, it's interesting. You you mentioned golf. Actually, I just went to that golf outing last Saturday. Yeah. And you shot. Yeah. I swung. I swung a club, man. First time in two (laughs) years. Guess how good we did. Last place. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Our team came in dead last to the point where we're like, all right, I think I think the other people are fucking lying because there's no goddamn way we did that bad. But so this was our team. So this our team was called Weapons of Mass Destruction. But we should <laughs> we should have been fucking called Team Handicap. Not because of how shitty we played, but so there's me, right? Metal on my shoulder, metal on my elbow, can't rotate my wrist. Another guy on the team. This guy's Scott. He broke his leg twice. He broke it again in February. So he's hobbling around the golf course. <laughs> then there's me. And then our other buddy, uh, McLean, he fucking broke his foot the night before at the bar <laughs> dancing. <laughs> so he's limping. So we're literally, it's just downpouring rain. So we're just sipping bourbon out of my fucking uh, flask. Hey, uh, Corey, uh, handicap is not the preferred nomenclature anymore. It's now disabled. We, I, we're handicapped. We, we, okay, fine. Disabled. Team disabled. Semantics. You can <laughs> just, call it what you want. <laughs> I'm just trying to be woke. Just trying to be woke. That's it. Just super woke. But yeah, <laughs> we came a dead fucking last. <laughs> but it was nice because it was a, uh, it was the golf outing was for the Folds of Honor. And you know, they're the, uh, the Folds of Honor is the, um, the organization that just helps give money to fallen soldiers and stuff like that. 
and they give money to people who died in the line of uh give money to the families of people who died in uh, the line of duty oh so you're a neo now oh no i'm there for the people who just sign up to protect this country and they're used as pawns the fucking die for dumb shit well done but, i think that's a good i think it's a good place to end yeah but that doesn't take away from the heroism that they did they were there to embrace the call very fair please tell your friends find us on all your tell them yeah. to find it well you already know this because you're already listening but tell them to find them i should have looked up how to say hey in chinese because we didn't even mention that that we oh, had the fact fucking, that we have a lot of china listeners yeah we had a lot of listeners in china <laughs> i don't know if it's note. i don't know if it's data mining i looked it up a little bit and like apparently uh podcasts in china are going through the roof i don't know why they decided to listen to libservative gory uh, it's because they want freedom they want freedom we they should, want their freedom they want some freedom we should go send some soldiers to show them how it's done <laughs> no 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 we can't do that they got nuclear weapons yeah they also like own a lot of our debt and buy a lot of our shit so we can't have that happening right now uh and we buy a lot of their shit so and so that's uh, it yeah find us on social media at libservative pod on twitter and also on instagram uh we are also on reddit what, what what's what's the reddit handle Corey? at libservative at libservative it we, might we be at libservative questions. pod Something like that. You'll find us. Uh, and Corey, Corey asks a question uh, each week before the show. We failed to do that this week, but whatever. We got a lot going on. You blew uh, it! Yeah, feel free to answer, and we will. Uh, we read a lot of those answers on the show. Uh, so engage with us. We want to know everybody's thinking. We want to know that we're thinking. That's why we keep... I think we do the show for ourselves more than anybody else, just to know that we're still thinking. <laughs> and the Chinese, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> ourselves and the Chinese. Uh, obviously, follow the Facebook page. And... Uh, yeah, until next time, he's been Corey Walsh. And he's been Dan Griffin. And this has been Libservative, and we are out of here.